Are you ready? Eight Shot of Wrestling. Episode 125. Wait, we go. Step up to the break. We got MJP and Green Man and Supreme and Champion and Chip Team. From my land to Japan and everywhere in between. Get the up to date news on the wrestling team. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live. Are you ready to rock? So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans, let me hit the crowd. Pop, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host, at Michael J. Putty. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. If this is your first time, you picked a good show to tune into, because in a matter of moments, we'll be going to you live from the scene in the fucking Bronx, from BCW's Red, White, and Bruised. Our team is currently over there, setting up, getting prepared to emanate live to report to you what's going on. So make sure you stay tuned for that. The weather here in New York has kind of cooled off. It's not as humid, not as hot. The heat wave is gone. So I made it back to Omega Studios, hung out with Mike the bartender downstairs. Tried to give me another Ric Flair shot, which is Gold, Schlager, and Jaeger. Make sure you don't try that. Please make sure you don't try that. But not for nothing, one might come in handy as I mentally prepare to embark on the treacherous journey into the Bronx. Oh, man. But it should be a good card, top to bottom, so make sure you stay tuned for our coverage of BCW's Red, White, and Bruised. But before that, Talk about my week here, right? I found an old picture in my desk at work. Been there a long time. It's, it's an old picture from one of the first couple of years at the job. And there was somebody in the background I didn't really remember. So what I did, picked up my right hand, touched the tip of my right thumb to the tip of my right middle finger, placed both fingertips on said picture, and then spread both fingertips apart. Yeah, that's right. I tried to zoom in on an actual picture. <laughs> That nobody noticed, and I was able to quickly and promptly put the picture back on my desk and act like nothing had happened. Still don't know who that person was, but yet, you know, I, get, I give up. I don't care. But quickly moving on, in the time the show was recorded on Friday night, Friday the 13th, to when the show posts, it's your boy's ex-girlfriend's birthday. I haven't heard from her in a long time, almost a year now, but she did text me on my birthday, so I feel like I kind of have to text her on her birthday, but do I just say happy birthday? Do I write a little message? If I write that message, they should write me back. Ugh, I'm going to rack my brains over this. Wish me luck. But if you're listening, happy birthday, baby. Love you. And speaking of women from my past, if you listen to a show, I think it's been a couple months now, I told you I was going to a CVS. I saw an ex-girlfriend of mine, a different ex-girlfriend, coming out as I was walking in. And we had like a little meet cute. What's up? Small talk. How you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And I said, even though she's married, that everything I've learned by watching TV and movies, I now know that I'm in her head. And she's going home to her shitty, shitty, horrible, lazy, piece of crap husband. And she's thinking of me, how great I am. Because I'm, you know, I'm awesome. So in a matter of days, maybe a matter of weeks, she's going to text me. She's going to email me. Maybe maybe even call me. Say what's up. Maybe catch up. We'll exchange a few messages. Which will lead to maybe going for some coffee. And, you know, see what happens. But apparently, I, I hate to tell you folks, the world of TV and movies, Hollywood, they're lying to us. You know, I never heard back from her. Never heard back from her. So fuck you, TV. Fuck you, movies. Getting my man's hopes up for no reason. <sighs> so no more Lifetime movies for your boy at Michael J. Putty. It's all fake. It's all nonsense. It's all bullshit. But no, it's not. 
the news. Let's get right into it. It's in the news with Michael J. Putty. If there are any Raw fans left out there, there has to be some. I mean, Green Man's still there. Green Man's loyal to the Red Brand. Good for him. But if any of you are still fans of Monday Night Raw, think that's the premier brand, if you want to see the universal champion of Monday Night Raw, go over to UFC. Because Brock Lesnar made an appearance at UFC 226, where he was called into the octagon by Daniel Cormier, who had just won the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Upon entering the cage, Lesnar quickly shoved the champion unprovoked. Let's listen in, in case you missed it. Listen to DC! Listen to DC! There's a guy that I've known for a long time. He's a wrestler. He's an All-American. He's a former UFC champion. I never thought I would fight him. But Brock Lesnar, get your ass in here! All right, folks, I'm here with Brock Lesnar. Brock. What does this all mean to you, Brock? Let me tell you something. I walked into this building and watched the heavyweight disasters from the beginning. McDonald's a piece of Miocic's a piece of I'm coming for you. Come on. Hey, Brock, get out of my octagon. I got some pictures to take. And if you want to hear the unedited version of that, go check us out. Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. Hey, Shot of Wrestling on Instagram. In case you want to hear what he says about the bleeps, in case you can't figure it out. Well, then in the post game show, DC had some more stuff to say about Brock Lesnar. So, DC, take it away. But then I do my speech because I saw him sitting there. I was like, Brock Lesnar, get in here. Mm. Get get in here and, and, and show yourself. And then he pushes me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, really? You know, you put your big old hands on me, huh? But, look, he'll pay for that later. I know it looks like WWE because Brock's from fake wrestling. But this is real. He can push me now. But come when we get into the octagon, I'm going to smash this dude. He hates getting punched in the face. I'm going to punch him over and over and over. Hey, I'll tell you what, it didn't look fake to me. You know, I thought you were having some fun in there. I thought, oh, this is cool. Daniel's bringing him to his moment. But when Brock got in there and he pushed you and then he he, he disgraced, you know, four-letter words to some of the baddest dudes in the world. He was Yeah, he put his hands on a commissioner. He he (laughs) put his hands on your coach. That got real, real fast. Yeah, he's ridiculous. And then he he leaves, he storms out like he's the man. I'm like, Brock, get out of my octagon. (laughs) I got some pictures to take. Get out of my that, octagon, and I want to jump on the. I want to jump on the top of the octagon. DC it was a great line when you said, to "Brock, push me now, and I'll sleep you later." That was yeah. a great yeah, line, though. Push by me the way, right now, and I'm going to beat his ass <laughs> later on. Well, after all said and done, Brock Lesnar officially re-entered the USADA drug testing pool following UFC 226, and will be forced to wait six months before he will officially be eligible to compete in the UFC. This means he won't be able to fight until I think around mid-January 2019. The USADA issued the following statement saying, and I quote, after receiving the notice of his intent to compete in the UFC, the USADA re-entered Brock Lesnar into the testing pool on July 3rd with six months and four days remaining on his period of ineligibility. Lesnar will be able to compete on or after January 8th, 2019, should he remain in compliance with the UFC anti-doping policy. DC was on Conan O'Brien this week, talking about his next fight being with Brock Lesnar at a future point in January. I don't follow UFC all that closely, but Why? First of all, he said that he saw Brock Lesnar sitting front row, but when he called him out into the ring, Brock Lesnar was not in the front row. He was on the other side of the barricade, already ready to jump into the octagon. So that was kind of pre-planned, no? What about the other guys who have been fighting for the non- what, for the last couple years, trying to 
claw their way to a title shot. Now Brock Lesnar just walks in, sits front row, and gets a title shot. Don't know how I feel about this. Share your thoughts. Dial it up. 619-343-3005. Let us know what you think about Brock Lesnar in the UFC. In other news, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that on April 6th, 2019, the companies will join forces to present G1 Supercard Live from Madison Square Garden. Ring of Honor tried this a couple weeks ago. Vince blocked it, so I don't know what's going on here. But if that date sounds familiar, it is the same date as NXT TakeOver and the day before WrestleMania 35. Now, if you've been listening to the show over the last several weeks, I've been following this story closely because I'm curious to see how this played out. But I did some research until the last time a non-WWE Pro Wrestling show was held at the Garden. And it appears that has never happened since the formation of the company back in 1963 what was known as the WWWF. Before that, the NWA Capital Wrestling Corporation would exclusively run the Garden. However, that was still owned by Vince McMahon Sr. and his partner Joseph Toots Montz and was pretty much, many considered the precursor to the WWWF. But before that, you have to go back to 1957 when Manhattan Wrestling Enterprises stopped running the Garden, which was owned by his partner Montz. Wow. Okay. 1957. The closest anybody has come to run Madison Square Garden was when WCW held an event at the theater at Madison Square Garden, then known as Paramount Theater, now called, I think it's Hulu Theater. I'm not too sure about that. I think it was 1996, but it's not the arena itself. So the McMahon family has been running Madison Square Garden since 1957. That's bananas. Vince stopped it. Now all of a sudden it's happening. Now, did he let it happen? Or did the lawyers find some sort of loophole? Or did the MSG's like, fuck you, Vince, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want? That I'm not too sure about. That, I'm going to keep my ear to the ground and hear what happens about that. But yeah, history in the making. During the press conference for this uh, event, Cody Rhodes did say, however, the Staples Center in L.A. is still the stronghold of the McMahon family and no other wrestling promotion can run the Staples Center. See how long that lasts since they lost MSG. Who cares about Staples Center? Now, following the story very closely, doing the research, reading everything I can about this story, I found a very interesting op-ed piece by a man named Ben Jordan Kieran. It's a very interesting read. Make sure you check it out. But in part, he says, and I quote, money talks, and 10, 15, 20 years ago, he would have chucked all he could to diminish the threat. But in 2018, the threat of competition is non-existent. Ring of Honor remains the best, a thorn in the side of the WWE, but not what one consider competition in the truest sense of the word. WWE's competition these days isn't wrestling promotions, but much rather television shows and other entertainment brands. So that's kind of an interesting take on it. Does Vince not care about this? He has to care about losing MSG if... He has any objection to it, maybe he just let it happen because he gave up. But I know a lot of people online, a lot of friends of mine are excited about this. They're going to try to go to this. If you go, you're probably witnessing history. So enjoy it. Make sure you save that ticket. As a WWE loyalist myself, it's kind of sad that they're kind of breaking with tradition, especially in 1957. That's crazy. But in other news, ready for this, folks? WWE is reportedly looking to further expand the WrestleMania appeal with discussions. All right? The possibility of holding two WrestleMania events. The concept would be that one WrestleMania will be held in the United States, while a very similar WrestleMania will be held outside the United States, probably in the UK, which is the second biggest market for WWE, and they just launched the NXT UK brand, so that pretty much hones in that location. But it's going to be similar to how they presented the Greatest Royal Rumble earlier this year. So this is interesting. What's going to happen here? Two WrestleManias in one year? I've gone to every WrestleMania since 22. Does this break my streak? Plus, you can't call it the greatest WrestleMania because the greatest Royal Rumble made sense because it's the biggest Royal Rumble. Do you just call it WrestleMania? Does it keep in line with the numbers, even though they gave up the numbers? And not for nothing, you can't call it the greatest WrestleMania 
because that would besmirch the name of the greatest WrestleMania, WrestleMania 10, featuring Shawn Michaels' Razor Ramon ladder match and Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Check it out on the W Network, WrestleMania 10. Great WrestleMania. Definitely check it out. So we will definitely keep you updated on this. See what happens. The plan, I think, is to hold WrestleMania in April and the overseas one in October. So here we are in June. So only a matter of months. Something's going to happen here soon. So we'll keep you updated. In other news, oh man, am I excited about this. ESPN revealed that Caitlin is returning to the company as part of the 2018 May Young Classic. I'm a big fan of Caitlin. thought she's smoking hot, which she is. I mean, Green Man have a debate about this because I was a fan of the blonde and black hair. For some reason, I don't know why. I found it very appealing. So we'll see what happens with that. But it's unclear yet what her future holds after the May Young Classic. But we'll keep you updated. But she was the first name announced. Since then, others have been announced as well, including Australian Ray Ripley will return to the tournament this year. She was part of it last year. She signed with WB and has been working NXT house shows ever since. A name I've mentioned several times in the past since her signing, Io Shirai. How do you say this name? Io Shirai. She's an established icon in Japan, winning several championships and being named top female wrestler three years running by Tokyo Sports Newspaper. Best known for her appearances on American Ninja Warrior, Crazy Cat, Catanzaro. Ginny, she's a newcomer. She's been in the business less than three years. But despite this, she's appeared in Progress Wrestling and is the first female graduate of the Progress Wrestling School. And the last name announced so far is a 12-year veteran from Vancouver, Nicole Matthews. She has faced superstars such as Asuka, Becky Lynch, and as well as a Performance Center tryout with Sarah Del Rey. The names are coming in quick. Looking like it's going to be a pretty impressive lineup. But one name you will not see in the 2018 Mae Young Classic is Tessa Blanchard. Has been announced by Impact Wrestling. She has signed a new long-term deal with the company. Details have not been announced yet, but we'll keep you updated. In other news, it was announced this week that WWE 2K19 will not be available for the Nintendo Switch this year. A spokesperson from 2K Games said in a statement, and I quote, WWE 2K19 will not be available for Nintendo Switch. 2K is focused on making the best possible experience for WWE 2K fans and will continue elevating all opportunities to deliver the franchise across additional platforms. It will be released on October 9th, 2018 for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. If you pre-order some deluxe version, you can get it four days prior on October 5th. So, you know, I'll be doing that. But also on Raw, it was announced that Ronda Rousey will be a pre-order bonus for the game in addition to Red Mysterio. So for all you Ronda Rousey fans and that one Red Mysterio fan left, make sure you pre-order W2K19. And speaking of W2K19, in an update to a report we talked about a couple of months ago, how a tattoo artist called Catherine Alexander has sued both WWE and 2K for copyright violations claiming the tattoo work she did on Randy Orton, which appeared in W2K18, she was not paid royalties for. WWE and 2K both filed motions in the United States District Court of Southern District of Illinois to have the lawsuit dismissed. Alexander filed a copyright on Orton's tattoos and reached out to WWE regarding the 2009 designs before they were featured in the video games. WWE allegedly offered Alexander $450 for her rights to her designs, but she turned them down. The motion filed by 2K alleges that she failed to adequately obtain the copyrights for the work in question and that the plaintiff did not abide by other necessary federal laws. And as for the WWE, they are motioning to have the lawsuit dismissed as they feel the state of Illinois has no jurisdiction over them as they are incorporated in Delaware and the headquarters are in Connecticut. Interesting turn of events. We will keep you updated. In other news, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, WWE was really pushing hard, really hard for an Emmy nomination but they never made the final cut in any category. Brian Alvarez of the Wrestling Observer noted 
that while he isn't 100% sure why they didn't make the cut, he knows somebody who believes it is because WWE does not show credits at the end of their programming, and this was against them from the get-go, so they had no chance. Interesting. They don't roll credits, but that's a big hindrance, I guess. Maybe we'll start seeing credits for WWE. It won't hurt. Just do it anyway. Better safe than sorry. In other news, we have some health updates for you folks. Ric Flair underwent successful surgery this week. His fiance told Pro Wrestling Sheet that the surgery went as planned. So, quick recovery to Ric Flair. Goldust is in the news. WWE.com revealed that Goldust underwent surgery on both of his knees. That sucks. The procedure was successful, and he's expected to make a full recovery, so that's good. Quick recovery to Goldust. WWE.com also confirmed that Fandango suffered a left labium tear in his shoulder and will require surgery to fix the issue. He's expected to miss six months of in-ring action, so quick recovery to him as well. In other news, last week I talked about Bret Hart's comments about Owen Hart and his widow, Martha. Well, oh snap, Martha has clapped back. She issued a statement following Bret Hart's comments, and I quote, The suggestion made by Bret Hart that I am erasing the memory of my late husband, Owen Hart, is reckless, irresponsible, and clearly untrue. Bret's comments are rooted in the fact that I have steadfastly refused to work with the WWE to exploit Owen's image for commercial gain. Owen was an incredible entertainer, and I know that as many fans around the world enjoy his wrestling career immensely. I encourage them to continue to do so, but I am firm in my belief that WWE was responsible for Owen's death, and as a result, I cannot and will not support any efforts by them to profit from Owen's memory. Instead, I, along with my son Oge, daughter Athena, have worked tirelessly to honor Owen through the good works of the Owen Hart Foundation, which has exceeded over $4 million in gift-giving contributions towards scholarship, homeowner bursaries, and other special projects that have greatly improved the lives of so many in Canada and around the world. We have always believed that this is the most fitting public tribute to a man of profound integrity, a wonderful human being who just happened to wrestle. I know that Owen would be very proud of the tremendous accomplishments the Foundation has achieved in his name. Whatever Brett may believe, the fact is that far from erasing Owen's memory, I have devoted the last 20 years of celebrating his life in a very public way. I can think of very few people who have remembered so glowingly by their spouse. End quote. Yeah. A little braggadocious there, but whatever. For more information about the Owen Hart Foundation, check out www.owenhartfoundation.org. I did, and I found out on November 30th, they're having a gala with special guest host Alec Baldwin. That's fucking cool. I want to see Alec Baldwin. So go there, check out all the work they're doing. If you want to donate, please donate to the Owen Hart Foundation. However, please get this man into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, there's going to be a fight that's not going to end anytime soon, unfortunately, for us Owens fans. But uh, that's the news. The team over at the fucking Bronx has finished setting up. We're almost ready to go over there. But before that, let's get in some cheers and heels. A shot of wrestling presents here and here. Not too much time left, folks. Let's get right into it. Let's get into Raw. We're going to heal, like, what happened to Dr. Shelby? Where did this new woman come from? And why weren't we able to hear what's going on? What's the point of them showing them talking, not letting us hear what they're talking about? And Craig will send Sasha Banks and Bailey to counseling. I think he needs to send Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens as well. I think they need it more than they do, especially Braun Strowman. He's fucking crazy. Three hours of Raw, that's all I got. The go-home show, that's all I got. He's going to SmackDown. We're going to heal. Cheesecake, knock him over, and Styles again? All right. I'm also going to heal that lame attempt at making people hate Rusev. 
him coming down, cutting that heel promo, it's not working. Please stop. Please stop trying to force him being a heel. But also, please, please don't turn him face. Make him a tweener. It's working. Just let him do what he's been doing, especially what he's been doing like my next Cheers. Cheers, Rusev on commentary. That's what I'm talking about. He's doing the heel qualities, the heel things, the heel quotes, the heel sayings, but he's not being forcibly being a heel, trying to get the forcible heel reaction. So it worked out. Great job. You know, I was going to side cheers right quick. When they came back from commercial, I think it was either Tom Phillips or Byron Saxon, they introduced Rusev saying, oh, by the way, we have Rusev here on commentary. Rusev stopped him and also introduced Aiden English, who was not on commentary, but was right next to him. Class act, Rusev. Class act. And of course, I got to cheers those in sync references not stopped throughout the show. Irwin noted last week and again this week that he's getting more of a corporate Kane vibe here, not the big red monster, the big red machine, the devil's favorite demon here. And this week, him quoting in sync, yeah, I agree. He's not he's not acting like Kane, the monster. He's acting like corporate Kane. So why bother dressing up as Kane at all? I don't know. It makes no sense. Lucha Underground. I'm going to cheers a woman getting a chance to compete in the gift of the gods medallion matches. And ergo, a chance at the Lucha Underground Heavyweight Championship being the badass Ivelisse who took Joey Ryan to task and won her medallion. Good luck, Ivelisse. For the last like three or four weeks, they've given out like three medallions. I think it's eight in total. So three medallions, four weeks. Yet this week alone, they give away four. I don't know if they're done on purpose or just poor management there. I don't know, but that's cool. I want to also cheers this guy called The Mac. He's part of the Trios Championship. It's like a tag team with three people. All three members were going against each other for a medallion, the loser of which would lose out. The guy who won the match and the, the odd man out will both get medallions. But man, oh man, this guy, Mac, he's a solid, heavy, heavy guy. But he's running around, he's flipping around like he's a cruiserweight. Pretty impressive. Go check out the Mac, uh, Lucha Underground. Also, not for nothing, Katarina came out looking smoking hot in some red, beautiful, sexy dress. Which led Matt Stryker and Vampiro to talk about the color red for some reason. But then Stryker goes out. He knows a man whose office is painted red. Obviously, I think right away, Vince McMahon. So good job for Matt Stryker singing a Vince McMahon reference on Lucha Underground. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, buddy. So Brian Cage loses in the main event. He loses his chance to get a medallion for the Gift of the Gods belt, which leads to a Lucha Underground championship. Pentagon Dark cost him that match. So he loses, but yet he's still getting a title shot anyway. If he's going to get a title shot anyway, why make him vie for a medallion? Ugh. And stupid question. Very embarrassing. I'm so sorry. But what, what is Pentagon doing with his hands there? He folds down his pinky and his thumb, puts those three fingers up, and then turns them down. And it sounds like the crowd is chanting Mellow Yellow, which makes no sense unless he's a big fan of the soda pop drink. I'm assuming some sort of Spanish words. I don't know what they're saying. If you know what they're saying... You know, hit me up at Muggsy Party on social medias. And finally, the, the show ended. But then they cut to this white rabbit thing. What the fuck did I just watch here? In the beginning of the show, they showed what happened previously on Lucha Underground. But, like, when did this happen? I've been watching Lucha Underground all season and uh, never saw this. So I'm assuming it happened last season. It was just, what? At the end, spoiler alert, the man they're calling Paul London. I guess it's Paul London. Doesn't look like him, but I guess so. He was told to kill this little guy, the little guy who led these guys to the White Rabbits. And I just watched Paul London murder 
this little person, this midget, this dwarf, or whatever the PC term now they is, with a blunt force object, blood is splattering everywhere. Like, what the fuck is this? They're going to Impact. So you're going to cheers us. They have a debut of a new knockout, Shotsky Blackheart. She's from Rise. Apparently, she impressed the people at Impact enough to get an opportunity to be featured on Impact. I thought it was a cool idea. And, you know, I think she delivered. I think she did a good job in the ring. And I'm curious to see where she goes from here. Just found out that she got injured. I think she broke her ankle, so she'll be out of action for a couple months. So, that's bad timing. Of course, my, my girl Katarina with her boyfriend, Grado. And Grado's best friend came last week, Joe Henry. But, like, who's Joe Henry here? Am I supposed to know who he is? I don't know who this guy is. And, like, not for nothing, but... Is he supposed to be banging Katarina behind Grado's back? Like, that's where they're going with this, right? Like, they're f- screwing around behind Grado's back. That's the impression I'm getting. If I got it, I'm assuming you're picking up on it as well. But Grado went against my man Eli Drake. We're going to cheers Eli Drake because the more I see this guy, the more I like this guy. Sorry to see that he had a contract extension with Impact. I want to see him in the WWE. They probably won't do anything with him like they're doing with Mike Bennett. But Eli Drake's awesome. He's a draw for me. He's why I watch Impact. I'm hoping he gets a match at Slammiversary. I don't think he has one as of yet. I'm hoping he gets one. He deserves it. How about that main event, that six-man tag between Rich Swan, Pentagon Jr., Phoenix, and OVE? Spot after spot after spot. Great match. Definitely check it out. Worth the watch. Take my word for it. That's all I got. Usually I'm more excited about Lucha Underground. Usually I'm more excited about Impact. But Raw, SmackDown, Lucha, and Impact didn't really deliver for me this week. So hence the lack of enthusiasm. Let's get right to the ratings. This week's Raw drew 2.47 million, which is down a staggering 8.8% from last week's 2.707, and is a new viewership low for 2018, and also is the lowest Raw viewership in history, coming in just under the 2.478 million from September 26, 2016, which went against the Trump-Clinton debate and Monday Night Football. So if you like me and you watched Raw, you witnessed history because nobody else did. Raw was number four in the night behind Fox News. Raw was number two in the 18 to 49 demographic behind, that's right, Love and Hip Hop. SmackDown this week drew a 2.183 million, which is up a staggering 8.4% from last week's 2.013. So Raw's down 8%, SmackDown's up 8%. Interesting dichotomy there. SmackDown was number seven in viewership for the third week in a row. Behind Rachel Maddow and the Fox News lineup, SmackDown was number one in the 1849 demographic this week. However, Impact this week drew a two-point Impact this week drew 284,000, which is down from last week's 300,000. Impact ranked 110 in the cable top 50. Last week, it was ranked number 96. So that's how the ratings stacked up this week. Let's get into some go-home thoughts. Again, there is no viewing party for Extreme Rules, but Extreme Rules is still happening. We don't have that much power. Uh, Finn Balor, we're going against Baron Corbin. Roman Reigns against Bobby Lashley. The New Day goes against Sanity in a tables match. That should be a good one. I'm assuming Sanity comes out on top here because they need it. Braun Strowman against Kevin Owens in a steel cage match. I guess Braun Strowman wins because he wins everything, apparently. He's the godsend to WWE. The Bludgeon Brothers versus Team Hell No for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. You know, WWE loves nostalgia. I can see them putting down Team Hell No here. See what happens. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt go against the B-Team for the Raw Tag Team Championships. I'm rooting for the B-Team here. I don't know about you, but let's go B-Team all the way. Alexa Bliss against Nia Jax in an Extreme Rules match for the Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss just got it. I don't see her losing anytime soon. 
Carmella vs. Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship with James Ellsworth suspended above the ring in a shark cage. That's a tough one. I'm enjoying Carmella as champion here, but I don't think Oscar can afford another loss. So I'm up in the air here about this one. Jeff Hardy versus Cheesecake. Knock him over for the United States Championship. I'm hoping Jeff Hardy wins. Although he's kind of battling some injuries. Cheesecake could use it. Once again, I'm up in the air as well. Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship in a 30-man Iron Man match, which a match I am looking forward to. There's no losers in this match, but I hope Dolph Ziggler walks away with it. And I hope this is your main event. It has not been your main event for several pay-per-views, but this has to be your main event. Although I wouldn't be surprised if it's Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens in a fucking steel cage because, you know, fucking Braun Strowman. But in my main event, AJ Styles versus Rusev for the WWE Championship. I would be surprised if Rusev wins here, but I am pulling for Rusev. Rusev Day. Rusev Day. Rusev Day. All the way. But that's the Extreme Rules card. Make sure you tune in to episode 126 to hear my thoughts and review about it. And like I said, unfortunately, we won't be watching it with you fans at the Crown Room and Bell Boulevard and Bayside, Queens. But stay tuned. Hope it's a future one. But folks, the doors have opened. The crowd is filing in. We're about ready to throw it over to... The boys over at the Bronx to cover red, white, and bruised. You have matches like we talked about last week. You have Azrael defending the championship against Sean Carr. Or Eric Jaden going against Vinny Pacifico. The East Coast Syndicate making their BCW debut. You have a return of the Monster Ball match. So I'm excited about it. Going to throw it over to those guys. Got my flask ready. Ready to go over there. So without further ado, we present to you red, white, and bruised. Michael J. Putty, take it away. That's right, Michael J. Putty. We are here at the Bronx. Yeah, finally made it safe and sound somehow. Took a fucking Uber here. The guy got lost like three times. You're in the fucking Bronx. Ugh. Lucky you. Stay in Queens next time. There's no bar here. Okay? But we're here. The crowd is starting to file and doors have just opened. I'm here with Green Man. Green Man, uh, what do you expect tonight here at the, the Bronx? I'm expecting the very best that BCW has to offer. The matches we have in store for everyone, the BCW faithful, are going to be out of control. If you thought summer on Smash was great and filled of great matches, you haven't seen anything yet. So stay tuned. I'm sure Michael J. Putty will keep you abreast of all things going on. Where are you going? You going to commentary? I got the call. Two minutes ago, so yeah, I'm going to be joining Pete Rosado and AJ Pan. And let's get the show started. Michael J. Putty, best of luck, and I'll see you uh, throughout the night, brother. Sounds good. Good luck. Let's get started. We have 10 great matches top to bottom. I cannot wait to get started. About two years ago, I've had matches with guys like Shelton Benjamin. I've had matches with guys like Billy Gunn. I've had matches with guys like Joe Gacy, who haven't even had their chance to get on TV. For that, I'll never take anything away from this place. But the way things have been going in the last couple of months before any of this shit happened, I'll start with this. What you've seen has not been Michael Randall, and what you've seen has not been federated. So in New York, I want you to be well, well aware of this is, I hope, on camera you can shut it off if you've done that by now, and that's fine. But what I'm going to do is in six months, and I assure every single person that paid a ticket tonight, I assure you in six months, I'm going to come back and I'm going to wipe New York clean of all this bullshit, of all this crap, of everything that we're seeing left and right happen right in front of us when guys like us will take our land and die for this business when you are back there in your shorts, call yourself a wrestler. And when I'm back, 
that this place and any other place that was venerated or any of these people next to me that have built the York Wrestling as high as possibly could be right now, we're going to come back and we're going to take this place and every other place over without any excuses or anybody telling us it's going to be any different. And then you can come in and see us on TV. Until then, thank you for the support. Here you go, folks. Match number one. The first match in the Bronx era of BCW. Yes, see Chris Banks going against Joey Ace. Both men vying for dominance here. Exchanging color elbow tie-ups. Exchanging chokeholds, headlocks. This chain wrestling at its finest here. Both men reset. Crowd showing appreciation. Both men exchanging blows. This is a back and forth match. Crowd be throwing on both men. See what happens coming up. Chris Banks lying in the middle of the ring. Joey Ace goes to the top rope. Beautiful elbow drop. Goes to the cover. Gets it. One, two, three. Joey Ace. Hard fought victory over Chris Banks. Crowd loved it. I love it. Hoping it sees one later on down the road. What's up next? Next up, we got making their BCW debut, the East Coast Syndicate, going against the heavily favored BCW mainstay, the Ugly Ducklings. Ugly Ducklings start off this match with a flurry of offense. An offense East Coast Syndicate was not expecting. Let's see what happens here. There's absolutely no way to describe what has happened. However, both ducks go to the top rope. Opposite, one gun with a stump. Other with the body splash. Ducks go for the count. Ah, uh, two count. All right, let me try to explain to what's happening, folks. East Coast Syndicate. I don't even want to bother trying. You had to be here. Chaos has erupted. All four men have exploded in battle. Ducks now in the ring, in firm control. East Coast Syndicate laid out in the corner on top of each other. Crowd trying to throw the Ducks. Oh! The Ducks connect with the flip cannonball. Another one connects. One member of the East Coast Syndicate rolls out of the ring. Both Ducks cover the big man. Get the one, two, three. It's a call. Holy Ducklings, not in control for most of that match, but however, mount a comeback thanks to the guidance of Coach Mikey. Ugly Ducklings reveling in the crowd's chance. Good match. Next up, folks, we got Tim Hughes going against Wrestling vs. Prize Darius Carter as Tim Hughes tries to take off his shirt. Darius Carter attacks him, trying to get the upper hand. The bell has not even rung yet, I believe. But Darius Carter still with his jacket on. Bring the dominance to Tim Hughes. Referee's trying to get in control here. Tim Hughes is hurt. Referee checking out Tim Hughes now. Referee looking at his left knee. He's calling for the medics here. Asking Tim if he can continue on this match. Darius Carter, firm control this entire match. 
Tim Hughes has yet to get out of the blocks after that vicious attack before the bell even rang. Darius Carter has him on his back in the middle of the ring, both his legs, going for the going for a figure four. Tim Hughes reverses, kicks Darius Carter out of the ring, lands on his feet. Darius Carter rolls right back in. Tim Hughes finally mounting some sort of offense here. Darius Carter for the first time in this match on his heels. Tim Hughes knocks Darius Carter on his back. The momentum has shifted here, folks. Darius Carter has Tim Hughes' legs wrapped around the ring post, repeatedly attacking his left leg over and over, wrapping it into that ring post. Referee has lost all control here. He started his count. Darius Carter gives up at the count of four. However, Tim Hughes is still in a pro position on the ring post. Darius Carter wrapping his legs up. Ring post, figure four. A lot of shades of Bret Hart. Referee counting the four. Darius Carter breaks it up at the last minute. Damage has been done. Tim Hughes holding his left knee. Can't put any pressure on it. Referee going to check on him. Tim Hughes taps out to the figure four, the center of the ring. Darius Carter had it firmly locked in. Tim Hughes had no way out. Darius Carter. There's the call. Darius Carter's confidence has not wavered. What's next for the wrestling riches prize? Darius Carter's left ring tie. Now he's going to the commentary table. Getting firmly in the face of Pete Rosado here. Green Man runs away like a little coward. Green Man's not going to back up his friend, Pete Rosado. Green Man runs away. Darius Carter gets in the face of Pete Rosado saying he is not done yet. Darius Carter walks him away. Oh, no. Wait. He is coming back. He is not done. Darius Carter. Oh. Got to come over with a jacket, folks. That jacket is expensive. Comes after his jacket. Again, walks away. Passes Pete Rosado. Gives Pete Rosado a dirty look. Green Man is now back on commentary. Darius Carter walks away. Tim Hughes can't put pressure on the leg. I think we're going to need some EMTs here. Next up, we got Federated Zone Alley Rex. Goat against the newly signed PCA member, the Barico Badass, Tasha Steele. Crowd firmly behind Federated here. Better than like the last match against Santana Garrett. It's going to be a classic. Rally Rex at the 619. Nothing somewhat of a comeback as Tasha Steele's been in firm control all match. Ali Rex runs into the rope. Tasha Steele ducks. Ali Rex hit her shoulder on the steel ring post. Tasha Steele goes to the schoolgirl roll up. Gets the victory. One, two, three. PCA steals one from Federated tonight. Last time BCW came to you on Friday the 13th. And their main event was a monster ball match, which was unexpectedly cut short due to time constraints. Well, folks, here we are. Another Friday the 13th, and yet another monster ball match. This time, Jeff Cannonball, Logan Black, Billy Brash, 
And the Jurassic Juggernaut, Vince Steele. All go one on one on one on one. Jeff Cannonball on the Jurassic Juggernaut. Both behemoths. One 340, one 400 pounds. Going blow for blow. Both men not seating foot here. As Billy Brash and Vince Steele catch their breath on the outside. Shoulder tackle by Vince Steele and Cannonball is down. Now all three men are circling the ring as Vince Steele is now standing. The sole survivor so far. What's happening next? Let's find out. Oh shit. Oh shit. Billy Brash, Jeff Cannonball, Logan Black, all on the outside. The big man, 400 pounds, Vince Steele. The suicide dive. All four men are now down. Nobody's moving. Oh, wait. Vince Steele on his feet. Grabs a trash can underneath the ring. The three men have not moved. Crowd shouting beat. CW. Vince Steele, the first man to his feet. Another trash can in hands. Oh. To the back of Billy Brash. Billy Brash goes down. Jeff Cannonball. Now it's a steel chair in his to the sternum and back of Logan Black. Vince Steele and Jeff Cannonball. Two men standing. Jeff Cannonball in the head. The steel chair yet does not succeed and does not lose footing. Still on his feet. Vince Steele. Now hunting the man down. The crowd showing their respect to the This Is Awesome chant. Logan Black, Billy Brash still not moving on the other end of the ring. Jeff Cannonball, Vince Steele battling out. This 340 pounder and this 400 pounder. Kenny blows. Now chest chops. Jeff Cannonball now. Getting his breath, grabs the garbage can. One corner. Attacking Vince Steele to the trash can. Vince Steele finally down. However, Logan Black and Billy Brash now on their feet, attacking from the other end. So much action going on. Logan Black grabbing the Green Man off commentary. Green Man down the arms of Jeff Cannonball. Picks up the Green Man. Body slams him. By the Vince Steele. Jeff Cannonball using Green Man as a prop. Green Man is down. Green Man is not moving. This is awesome. Logan Black now trying to get control here. Uh, but Green Man is not moving, folks. We need some, uh, where's the EMTs? Throw up the X-Ref. Action. This is chaotic, nonstop. Let me catch my breath for a second, folks. I left the booth here to go to the ringside to get Green Man. Green Man, how you, how you feeling, buddy? Michael, Michael J. Putty. How you feeling? You got, you got, Listen, you got launched by are you Jeff Cannonball. Kidding me? The Vince Steele. How you are feeling? You, you kidding ready? me? You got some water. I have a bad back. We gave you a shot. Get some fans. You waved off the EMTs. I tried to get you the EMTs. You waved them off. Oh, Michael J. Putty. I am, I'm Dave. Thanks for the shot. That really helped me out. But uh, Jeff Cannonball. Oh, but, let me cut you off. Vince Steele, Logan Black. Billy Brash and Jeff Cannibal, all four men in the ring, not moving. Action. It's intensifying here. Green Man, continue. I'm sorry to Je cut you Jeff off. Jeff Cannonball, we've had him on the show before. I thought we were cool. We wished him uh, congratulations on his engagement. 
with Tara Callaway. When he approached me, I thought he just wanted to say something on the microphone. I thought the same thing. I said it on the air. I, like, was, oh, I never know. thought he was going to use me. Talk about using garbage cans, chairs. Now, no, no offense. A green man? No, Are you kidding me? No offense to you. You're, you're, not, a, you're not a small I, guy. No. You're, you're short, but you're stocky. <laughs> and he still launched like a lawn dart. <laughs> wow. How you feeling? You all right, buddy? I, I, I'm still a little haze. Here, other men, check it. Check I'm it out. Still a little haze. Right. I, I will probably be seek, seeking medical attention after tonight. How many, um, figures, how many figures I'm holding up? How many figures I'm holding up? Eight. That's that's wrong. That's right. That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> oh no, it can't be because you're the, yeah. you're holding yeah. the mic Woo, with the other hand. <laughs> Way too. The fans getting really behind Actually, this one now. Stop, Jeff Cannonball smashing Logan Black. It's a Vince Steele. Jeff Cannonball now the only man standing on his feet. Vince Steele, Logan Black in the corner in the prone position. Logan Black running. The BCW Cannonball. Talk about a Cannonball. Oh. Cannonball living up to the name. However, Billy Brash rolls in for a schoolboy roll-up. Grabs the tights. Referee goes for the cover. Billy Brash steals one here at BCW. Green Man, I hope you're feeling better. Get back on commentary. Here's the call. What a match. Now Billy Brash moves on to the November King of the Monsters match. Who are the other three men that will fill those other extra slots? Michael J. Putty, so far the night has been full of many surprises. And we're going to talk to the BCW faithful right now. What has been the biggest match so far, in your opinion? The Ugly Ducklings match. Um, and Ali Riggs. Sorry, by the way, what's your name and what's your sign? My name is Janet and my sign is a Scorpio. Hell fucking yeah, I'm a Scorpio too. We get down. We get crazy. Who's your favorite BCW wrestler? Mike Orlando. How do you feel that uh, Mike Orlando's currently out of commission for about five to six months? I'm really sad. What a show to be at. You just saw the green man uh, taken out by uh, Jeff Cannonball. Thank you for sharing that tear. No problem. I'll share any tear for you because you are my best bud. Thank you. And as Bed Spuds, you're part of the family. So if you want to be part of the family, you have to subscribe. You have to like us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff and, and buy our shirt, too. Which I do, and I did buy a shirt. Well, technically not me, but my fiancé bought it. That's right. So. That's why we love you. <laughs> and be, I love you guys. Be part of the family. Just got approached here in the Bronx for BCW Red, White, and Bruce. Someone wants to introduce themselves. Introduce? Let me explain to you, Green Man. I'm Matt John. This is Big Cuzzo. Yeah, Cuzzo. That's right. We're borough bullies. Any borough we go to, expect to get bullied. Yeah, next time you pause before you say the Bronx, make sure you say with good fucking diction, all right? I hear you're um, a big uh, Jets fan, right? What's that about? Uh... You should know because you're wearing green. Unfortunately, this guy's the biggest phony on earth. This guy's a Giants fan. I love the Giants. Just trying to be open and honest for, for the listeners here at A Shot of Wrestling. Who do you love? Who I love? Let me see. Last time I seen John love somebody, I think he took his head off. Uh, Michael J. Putty, this is getting a little uncomfortable. I, I think it's time to go. It's time to go.
Here we go. We're in the Bronx, New York. It's the only borough that has the the in front of it. Isn't that weird? It is very weird. But we have someone really important here. Who do we have here? We have Gabriel Sky, currently wrestling for FTW. All right, man. So you helped set up this beautiful ring. You're paying your dues, uh, as they like to call it. How long have you been wrestling for? I've been wrestling for about two years now. I'm, um, I've been FTW Gen X champion. I've wrestled former WWE Cruiserweight Classic competitor Sean Maluda, uh, Jack Gallo, Grim Reefer, Earl Cooter. Um, it's been really a, a wild ride so far. Who's been your toughest opponent so far? Jack Gallo, definitely. Definitely the hardest hitting opponent I've had so far in my career. Now, we were bonding just a moment ago over uh, WrestleMania. We were both at WrestleMania weekend. We went to Bloodsport, Joy Janela, Spring Break 2, and WrestleMania. Any WrestleMania stories from you? Uh, well, uh, I was sitting behind a man dressed in a Dusty Rhodes costume and a woman dressed in a Devon Dudley costume. And uh, they were a little bit in the way, kind of standing up the whole time. But, you know, it was uh, nothing too crazy. Just... Uh, some back and forth verbal action, but that was about it. <laughs> What's your finisher? 450 splash. How'd you come up with it? I watched a lot of high flying wrestlers growing up, and I was really inspired by, uh, I'd have to say, like Hayabusa was one of my main inspirations when I wanted to do that. So the first time you tried it, scared shitless, right? Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Does it still scare you? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Gabe. All right, Michael J. Putty, like we said earlier, we are talking to the BCW faithful, and we are here with Hazel from Ramble Mania. This is your second BCW show. What do you think about it so far? I love every minute that this show has to offer. I mean, it's every penny worth spending, and to be honest, I would love to come to this show every month, depending if it's in Queens, the Bronx, Brooklyn. Just as long as it's not in Staten Island, because I'm not really afford to take the boat ride over there. <laughs> so far, what do you think is the best match here tonight? I think the best match is every match that Shady Referee is in <laughs> so far. But I think the Fatal 4-Way that happened right now, that Monsters match, that was probably a good match. But the Ugly Duckings in that tag match was probably the best match of the night. But we have more to see here at BCW. Red, white, and bruised. One of the biggest announcements made tonight at BCW was that they will be crowning a king of the monsters in their November show. So now we already know that it's going to be Mike Orlando in that match. Uh-huh. And, and many other monsters. What do you think about that? Crowning of a new king of the monsters? I mean, to be crowned a new king of the monsters is an honor. For everyone that's here in BCW and every other wrestler that's out here from every different state, right now, my honest opinion, I just saw Billy Brass wrestle for the first time, and in all honesty, I'm willing to see what he's willing to put it to the table within this tournament. I do hope he wins, but I do hope that Mike Orlando does come out of injury and win this tournament as well. Well, Hazel... It was a pleasure having you on A Shot of Wrestling. Michael J. Putty, just so you know, it is Mike Orlando who's going to be in that Monster Match in November as he was the first monster to win the Monster Match. But here's our guy coming out, so we got we to yeah, give him some Eric love. Eric coming out, so I got to go back to the crowd and see what he's about to do. Coming back from intermission, we have our man, our brother, Eric Jaden, going against Vinny Pacifico. 
Crowd behind Vinny Pacifico here. Eric Jaden kind of thrown for a loop here. Bell's wrong action about to get under the way. Eric Jaden has done enough. He's walking away. Vinny Pacifico chases after him in the middle of the entrance aisle. Eric Jaden is now down. Vinny Pacifico dragging him now back into the ring. Crowd now firmly behind Vinny Pacifico here. Eric Jaden head rammed into the apron. Vinny Pacifico just rolls him right in. Rolling for the cover here. Archie back on his feet. Archie with a trip kick to the heel. The face throat catches the bottom rope. Now Jaden's the one in firm control. Chases him outside of the ring. Boot to the face of Vinny Pacifico. Picks him up. Oh! Back body drop onto the apron. This is a different side of Eric Jaden I have not seen here in a long time here. Eric Jaden goes to the cover. Foot on the rope. Oh, ref sees it. Cuts kind of a two. Actually continues. Eric Jaden with the broski boot to Vinny Pacifico here. Goes to the cover. What two? Vinny Pacifico kicks out at two. I'm here with Hazel from Ramble Mania. What do you think of the action with Eric Jaden? New side of Eric Jaden I've seen in quite a while here. This is a new side of Eric, new side of Eric Jaden I've never seen before. Getting into some bad guy tactics here. Going against the kid, Vinny Pacifico. This is a new up-and-coming here in BCW. First time I've actually seen this guy performing. He's actually doing pretty good so far with a snapmare. And now a forearm. It's like Eric Jaden here. Another forearm again. Vinny Pacifico, triple forearms. What's he going to do next? Another for- Oh, Eric Jaden ducks. Oh, and he's kissed. Did he just kiss? Did he just kiss him or bite him in the nose? Did he just kiss the kid or did he just bite him in the nose? A vicious forearm to the face. I mean, being the sexy Jaden, he's open to his sexuality no matter what. I guess he's willing to do whatever it takes to win this victory here in the ring. He has humped Green Man several times. <laughs> I have seen before and a stunner. Vinny with a stunner, yeah. Vicious put down DVDT. Vinny Pacifico, training in the Warriors of Wrestling. But Eric Jaden kicks out at two. He's had a good history in Warriors of Wrestling, making his BCW appearance here against Eric Jaden. He's putting on a very good performance here tonight. I can admit that. The kid is really starting to impress me here. Again, first time I'm seeing this guy perform, and I'm seeing a good impression within the kid, Vinny Pacifico. Eric Jaden ruled the victor via submission. The camera guy was in our view, Hazel. I did not see anything. I couldn't see anything. Is supposedly the match ended via submission. Victory via Eric Jaden. But Eric Jaden, not known for submission moves here, though. I'm guessing it was a figure four that he finished him off with. That match ended pretty quickly. Oh, and he's kissing him. Oh, and he sealed it with a kiss. The sexy saying, over 9,000, kissing the kid, Vinny Pacifico. Eric Jaden reveling in his victory. Here he goes. Here he goes. Call for the kiss from Green Man. Oh, Chris Man off commentary. Oh! And the kiss has been sealed and approved by Green Man and the sexy saying Eric Jaden himself. Don't tell Green Man's wife. Next matchup. Match I've been looking forward to. The beautiful, the luscious Faye Jackson goes against Ariel Fair. Name I totally butchered last week. Sorry about that. Betty Jackson trying to take off her t-shirt, but Arya just takes it to her. Both women going back-to-back in the corner. Faye Jackson finally comes out on top. Faye Jackson with the forearm ducks. Arya, the singer splash and the roll-up. Both women down. Action continues. Arya in the corner. Faye Jackson with the running cannonball. Oh, stops. Right for impact. Now, 
Hits her with the sting face. Sting face fully applied to Arya. Goddamn, Arya's a lucky woman right now. Forever with the count. Faye Jackson breaks it up at four. Faye Jackson finally hits that running cannonball. Now the cloverleaf, the millering area. Affair has no chance. And taps out to the beautiful Faye Jackson. The queen of BCW dominating yet again. Woo! Love me some Faye Jackson. Next matchup. PCA's absolute Alvin and Bison goes against Ferreira's Mick Drake and Brute and the man Mike Orlando on crutches accompanying them via ringside crowd is firmly behind Federated here PCA Bison absolute Alvin too busy distracted by the crowds got folks on Federated here ref trying to get some sort of order here going to start out with Absolute Alvin versus Brutes. Mike Orlando joining Green Man on commentary. Let's see what happens. Match is finally underway. Ring the bell. AJ Pan distracting the ref. Bison, Absolute Alvin. Double teaming by Brute in the corner. Referee's lost control of this match. Make Drake eager to get in. Brute down on his knees. Federated trying to mount a comeback here. PCA is in firm control. Thanks. To the sneaking, conniving AJ Pan. See if Federated can make a comeback. Federated now pulling their own double team as the referees are striking with Bison. McDrake and Brute double team. Absolute Alvin in the corner. Tate for Tad, I guess. Both men are down. Both men crawling to their corners. Action is stalled here. What is going to happen next? Who can get the upper hand? Brute tags in McDrake. Alvin taps with Bison. Mick Drake at the clothesline. Clearing the ring of Absolute Alvin. Bison in the corner. Mick Drake goes to the running clothesline. Blocked by an elbow to the face. Bison goes to the second rope. Blocked. The forearm block. Mick Drake, the German belly-to-belly suplex. The kip up. I'm not sure. Michaels. Federated now in control. Bison is met with a beautiful standing drop kick by Mick Drake. That's like five feet off the ground. Beautiful standing drop kick by Mick Drake. Drake tags back in, Brute. I don't think Bison knows where he is right now. He's launched into the corner. McDrake launches the big man Bison into the corner. Absolute Alvin leaning in this corner, trying to catch his breath. While both men attack. Bison, Federated in firm control here, folks. Can PCA mount the comeback? Tasha Steele runs in to distract Brute as he was about to finish up Bison here. While he's nose-to-nose with Tasha Steele. Bison hits him with a low blow. Vehemently, the blatant disqualification. Here comes Ali Rex. Spear! Natasha Steele. Ali Rex going to town, Natasha. What chaos has erupted here. Brutes down the corner. McDrake's down the corner. Now Ali Rex is in the hands of Absolute Alvin here. Mike Orlando can do nothing but look on. PCA attacking both men in the corner. Now both women are fighting on the outside. Referees are now outside trying to gain control here. Them luring Mike Orlando to get do something. Mike Kent. He's on two crutches here, folks. Japan now with a chair in hand. 
Oh. He was out on the mic. Bombshell announced by Pete Rosado in September, a four-on-four elimination match. Loser leaves town. Just want to think you're done, folks. Federated representative, Mr. Martinez, comes out of nowhere. Mr. Martinez outside. A Federated surrounding the ring. PCA trapped inside. Chairs being thrown in. Crutches being thrown in. It is pandemonium here. Breaking loose and red, white, and bruised. Michael Lando has no crutches now. Hobbling on one leg now. This war is building up. PCA finally an opening and now safely running away with their tails between their legs. You have a trash shock when the fight got going. They got gone. Federated standing tall here. And the final chaotic moments of this match. I guess we'll see what happens in September. PCA running away through the crowd. Oh, September can't come soon enough. You heard him on episode 124 of a shot of wrestling. Here's the ace that runs the place. Ace Andrews going against Just Neff. Let's see what happens. Action was nonstop, back and forth. I couldn't tell who was on the other hand. Both men exchanging blows for blow. Ace Andrews. It's a diamond cutter. Goes to the cover. The bell rings at two. Then Joey Ace comes out of nowhere and attacks Ace Andrews. Just Neff. Oh. It's a brutal spine buster powerbomb. Joey Ace is in the ring. The bell's wrong. Don't know the official word yet. Chaos has erupted. A salty dog now standing over the lifeless Ace Andrews. Joey Ace now going to the top rope. Once again, beautiful flying elbow, fully connected on a lifeless, defenseless Ace Andrews. Here's a call. Here's a call. So what that means now is in September, there'll be the Ace versus Ace Part 2. It's the Andrews' hands racing victory. Honestly, does it look like he knows where he is right now? What a good match, though. Shitty ending. Great back and forth action. Good match. Crowd fully behind. Ace Andrews here at the end. Referee has to hold him up. Falling to his knees. We need some EMTs. We need some help out here, folks. Bella's wrong. And it's time for your main events. Sean Carr goes against PCA's and BCW World Heavyweight Champion Azrael. A match that was supposed to have him back at somewhere on Smash. Sean Carr got injured. 
Now finally we get this match. Once again, I'm here joined by Hazel from Rebel Mania. Uh, any predictions on this match before it starts? Right now, my predictions are going for the BCW Heavyweight Champion to go all the way in this match tonight. Sean Carr, pretty hyped, pretty hyped up right now at the moment. Getting ready to begin this main event here for the BCW Heavyweight Championship. Should be a classic. After spending the majority of the beginning of this match on the outside, both men finally return to the ring. The champion, Azrael, now targeting the left knee of Sean Carr. Uh, how do you this move? This match so far has become very entertaining. This main event, Azrael is working on Sean Carr's left leg, as so as I see. Sean Carr trying to get back on the offense here with a kick out at two. The heavyweight champion back on his feet, counter by Sean Carr here. What's Sean Carr going to go for here? His knee's still pretty banged up. What are we going for? Oh, and a drop kick to the left knee. Take that Sean Carr yet again. Adrian now firm control here. After going blow for blow, Sean Carr hits a deep six. On the champion. Champ barely kicks out at two here, Hazel. I thought we had a new champion here. Sean Carr really thought he had that championship in his hands with that deep six, but Azriel kicking out at the very last second here. It's anyone's game here to walk out BCW heavyweight champion. Could Sean Carr do it, or can Azriel retain his championship here tonight? What does Azriel have to do to put Sean Carr away? And vice versa. Anything possible. Sean Carr, flip on the second rope, misses. Azriel with a super kick to the face. Sean Carr is now stunned. Kitchen sink to the gut. Going for the running bulldog. Thrown off. Sean Carpenter to the ropes. Ah, oh, running bulldog. Goes to the cover. One, two. Kick out. A two. A non-stop action here. And you got to understand what does Sean Carr have to do here in order to maintain his momentum here tonight. If he wants to walk out of here, the new BCW heavyweight champion. What does it have to do? What does he have to take to stand up against the champion here, Azrael, tonight? As he's on the defense in the corner here, about to go up to the top rope. What is Azrael thinking of doing here right now? Superplex? Sean Carr's teetering on the second rope. Azrael goes up to the top. Goes for a hurt. Karana. Sean blocked it. Sean now goes for Oh! With the code breaker. Off the top rope. He's going for the cover here. Here he is. The manager here pulling out a chair. What the hell is he doing? As your pen distracts the ref. That was it. That was a three count there, Hazel. Three count indeed. What kind of nonsense is this? The manager out here distracting referee Shady Torres. In the Azriel with the chair. Azriel with the chair. With the chair. What's he going to do? Oh, uh, the chair to the leg. The targeted left knee of Sean Carr. DDT onto the chair. Here it goes. All whilst. Edge Japan has the referee distracted. Azriel goes to the top rope. Referee Chris Torres needs to pay attention to this mask. Is Azriel on the top rope? What the, the frog splash? Goes to the, the cover. One, two, it's over, ladies and gentlemen. And still, your BCW World Heavyweight Champion, Azriel, in one word, described that match. Wow. I couldn't believe my eyes. Wow was right. Wow was right. What a match. Lived up to the hype. What's well, up, folks? Azriel retains at the end of a night of amazing action here at BCW's Red, White, and Bruised. Already announced coming back to the Bronx, unfortunately, in September. Um, oh, wait. Greenman's back. LJ Putty, September 7th. We're coming back to the boogie down. Can't wait, baby. Can't wait. I'm going to wear a back brace, though. 
Yeah, you want then the neck brace. Let's see, folks. Let's go to the after party. Let me get my drink on. So, for the Green Man, for everybody here at the Bronx and BCW, I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, take care of yourselves and each other. Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>